0: inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here is Dennis Duran.
1: Today is a special day for me and the Softest Steel podcast. I have known today's guest for over 14 years. With 20 years in nonprofit organizations, Deb Martinez has held positions such as Executive Director and Senior Director for Professional Development and Conferences, with the responsibility of managing over 55 meetings annually worldwide. She has an extensive background as an association top executive, implementing and creating educational opportunities and collaborations with underrepresented and mainstream populations, and with the development and management of major meetings and conferences in national and international venues. She has received numerous awards and recognitions for her service to people and communities in her leadership roles. I believe that it was not until she became the CEO of the Mission of Love Charities in the Washington DC area that she found her true calling. This organization successfully serves homeless and low income families and individuals in the community. In February, 2022, I invited Deb to participate in the Softest Steel Summit to bring her experiences and perspectives to live roundtable conversation about topics including love, inclusion, and social justice. She is deeply connected and fully understands the essential nature of recognizing all individuals in communities. I'm so pleased to welcome you, Deb, to the Softest Steel podcast.
2: Well, Dennis, it's such an honor. We have known each other for many a year,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and we started out with our military engineer and your construction management background. So we're. <laughs> I look back and I say sometimes, you know, I kind of miss that because you're so involved in different things, but I'm deeply appreciative to participate in this today.
1: Yeah, good. Thank you. Does my suggestion about what the mission of Love Charities is for you, is that a fair way to say it? Do you believe this is your calling?
2: I think so. Every day I see people that need help and help is readily available for a lot of people, but hope is another thing. And what the mission does is try to provide hope. And I think I've surrounded myself with staff that can that kind of have the same messaging and understanding and want to embrace this population and let them know that, you know, you may be down today, but doesn't mean you're going to be down tomorrow. So I can give you bread, but then I need to teach you how to get your own bread. And then I need to teach you how to bake it, fry it, whatever you want to do with it. hmm
1: so one of the projects that you have in some stage of development is to renovate a building in order to be able to better serve the local community. So there's a direct connection to the construction industry because you're looking to contractors and architects and engineers to support this project for your charitable organization. How is that proceeding? Where does it stand? And what's the future look like?
2: It is receding pretty quickly, and we're excited. We have a great, awesome chairman, Gary Michael, Who has put forth a lot of effort in bringing us architects, engineers, environmental engineers? You know, we love that term, environmental engineers, that Mm -hmm. actually are doing a lot of work and pre planning for the actual creativity of what we're gonna do across the street. We're going from roughly 15,000, 20,000 square feet to 38,000. We're excited we can help more people, we can create more classrooms, we can create more opportunities, and more than anything, we can create that package of hope. And we're going to have not only mental health capacity, we're going to have education from OSHA training to water municipality training to CNA, GNA, nursing, meeting planning, ESL, you know, English is a second language. We're going to do all kinds of things. And the one thing that we're really, really happy about is that we're going to put some programs that will be able to help kids. And I'm excited about
1: that. That's terrific. The name of the organization says Mission of Love. You were in this summit where we spent a whole hour talking about what love is all about. Um, what What is it for you? What does it mean for you?
2: It means to me, providing a blessing to someone who may not have that every day, good morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fortunate I have a beautiful family, a lovely husband, wonderful children. Everybody doesn't have that. But if I've been so blessed that I could pass that blessing on to someone else, I'm certainly going to do that. So love to me is just that. Yeah. And coming here and seeing the need as we have and, and others— my goal is to pr- provide people with that next step and to provide them with love.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I may not can feed you every day what you want. I may not have the food that you want in house. I may not be able to give you the clothing, but I certainly can tell you to come back. I can give you that cup of coffee, give you a warm sandwich, and say, "Hey, I don't have it today. Come back on this day." Or you need this, I can help you with that, but you got to come back for the rest. Mm-hmm. And we've done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. We we're We're now having uh, intensive outpatient programs in which we're taking people off the street, coming in. They come twice a week. We've got a doctor that's talking to them for two hours, and we're changing lives every day. People don't want to be on the street, and they don't want to be homeless in most cases. There are some that do, and we still take them in, too, and say, hey, here's a sandwich. Here's here's some hope. Tell us what you want to do. You can't make people change. You can only offer
1: it to them. Right, right. And they can't—they can't change unless they want to. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And so you give—you give them the pathway. They have to—they have to walk down it.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, you—one of the roundtables that you were involved—you were—you were in in in, uh, in two of our roundtables. The one with regards to inclusion, and also the one where we talked about social justice. Um, and the combination of those two terms, you know, again, are, are what your organization is all about. Um, the social justice piece extends to something that, that, that I know that you see in your day-to-day uh, that is an issue not only in, uh, in, com- in communities in a very general and broad way, but also something which is a, makes a direct connection uh, to an industry uh, that has an, an, an exceeding amount of challenge around things like mental health. Uh, addiction, suicide, uh, and and all of the the terrible things that come with all of those. Um, what are your thoughts about how how we as communities are trying to help people w- within industries, just but people in general, uh, deal with the challenges associated with mental health, addiction, and suicide?
2: So, you know, the three things there: the mental health component of it is just totally over. Everything that includes, you know, suicide, drug abuse, drug addiction, um, depression, you know, COVID brought a lot of that out, and you're beginning to see more and more, you know, uh, children suffering from anxiety. You see young adults suffering from anxieties. People don't want to go back into the office, and so what we're seeing is that. In this community, the need is greater than it was before, and it is extremely, extremely important that we give these people some ray of hope here, and that we can bring in, bring them here, and we have uh, licensed psychologists that will see them, on a licensed clinical social worker, and if we don't start really looking at this and trying to figure out a plan to help with it, we're going to be um, further behind the eight ball than we have ever been because we're seeing we're seeing this this disconnect as a result of covid the result of mental health and it just like bombarded everybody but then it just exploded and that's why you see crime the way it is you see these kids with a sense of you know they don't care um but you also see the ray of light where you find two or three that say, well, you know, I want to come and volunteer, or what are you going to do for the summer? And so you know that messaging a positive influence is there. You just have to find the conversation for the each individual, because we're individuals. We're not—you can't put everybody in the same bucket.
1: Yeah. Has the—it's um, kind of a cha- change in gears a little bit. Uh, uh, in the past year or so, there's been—there there was uh, federal legislation— who to, uh, to promote uh, and expand the, the utilization of apprenticeship programs uh, in a, a whole a whole the whole spectrum of of uh, society and industries um, have you have you have you been touched by that or are you are you in in dialogue with folks who are involved with with apprenticeship programs and, and absolutely so,
2: yes yeah. absolutely so we have talked to the plumbers the electricians um, construction, you name it, we've been to their programs, talked to them, and it's a process for people to get into those apprenticeship programs. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I didn't know is that they have helper programs, and those helpers come in, they get somewhat initiated into trying to get them into the uh, apprentice program, and they take that journey down, okay, I'm going to come in, I'm going to start working as a helper. I'm going to learn what I need to learn. Then I'm going to try to sit for the apprentice program, uh, uh you know, testing. Yeah. And then I'm going to go to the next level. And I see that that's really helpful because while they're a, helpful, a helper, they're getting money. And that's what they need. Yeah. They need some kind of income. Yeah. And so then you take them to the next level. Okay, now I'm in a helper's position, but I'm learning how to do cement. I'm learning how to do Concrete. I'm learning how to do elect- electrical work. Mm-hmm. So we see that. So I have to say, the unions have been extremely, extremely good to me.
1: Yeah, good, good. That's very good to hear. And and, and again, across the building trades, there's there's been some excellent work done. Uh, and uh, what you're referring to as a helper, uh, it's also it's also described as as being a pre-apprentice. Um, Yes. And uh, and that's being utilized actively as a way to uh, draw uh, younger individuals into the trades, uh, regardless of economic status.
2: Exactly. And that's our goal. We don't you know, everyone doesn't want college. They don't Mm -hmm. want that debt. And if you have a skill and that skill is trained, you know what I'm saying? A skilled, trained worker can do can make as much as, you know, someone that's working in a mm-hmm. top executive level because of the need for those people to be able to be skill trained and to do the job. I I have to say the plumbers, the electrical, the um, concrete guys, the cement people, uh, they came over and really enlightened us and and offered to, you know, help. The one problem like most people have is we have a transportation problem. How to get the client from here or their home or wherever they are to the facility so that's what we're working on now how can we do that
1: Mm -hmm. good good because that that
2: facilitation takes away a a barrier that they have that they feel well you know i'm not going to be able to go because i don't have transportation but we're trying to make that barrier go away
1: yeah, and again, as you probably know, there are, there are a number of programs also uh, that are targeting, uh, trying to uh, uh, increase the success in recruiting women into the trades uh, specifically. So you have you basically have two two elements. To this one is specifically related to to women, uh, and the other is is related to up, underrepresented uh, populations. Uh, Correct, and, uh, and there's good and there's good work being done there. Uh, I'm glad. I'm sure people listening to to this conversation will be glad to hear that uh, that you are successfully making connections with uh, with the institutions that can provide the opportunity for the helper or pre-apprentice uh, uh, training and exposure uh, to get them ready to be able to go through the process of being uh, being uh, being evaluated uh, and interviewed and accepted into an apprenticeship program. Um, Because, again, as you as you well know, apprenticeship programs are programs that you are getting uh, the training and education in the in the crater trader craft. uh, But you are also being paid uh, and on the payroll of a of a a contractor or other organization who who is uh, utilizing you in your uh, capacity as an apprentice.
2: Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah. and they find that you know when they go, they're like, "Oh well," and then they come like, "Hey, this is not bad at all." You know, I can do this, and it's just encouraging.
1: Yeah, I had the opportunity uh, a number of weeks ago uh, to um, to participate in the what, what was the last day of a ten week program, a uh, apprenticeship program uh, that is entitled "Women in the Trades," uh, and this happened to be the Chicago. Uh, a, a version oh, wow. of uh, Women in the Trades. And, and, and these young women, um, probably average in age somewhere in the late, I would say the late 20s, uh, all had been uh, identified, applied to, uh, interviewed and then selected to participate in this in this Chicago Women in the Trades program. Uh, and the last day of their of their experience in that program uh, was actually a workshop that I was invited to give to uh, I, I believe there was only, there was a probably eleven or twelve uh, women in this in this uh, cohort, uh, and we spent the last day in their in their program uh, talking about uh, uh, emotional intelligence and personalities uh, to, to help them understand themselves a bit better and also, uh, therefore be able to understand other people. And as you know, I, I talk with a lot of energy and, and passion about the importance of, of understanding self and then using that as a basis to try to, uh, to, uh, build, establish relationships, build relationships and have a path to success. Um, so, and I was, and I, I have to say, I don't have to say, I say gladly, uh, all of these women uh, were exceptional, uh, and, uh, they were um, they were energetic. They were articulate. Uh, they uh, they demonstrated an incredible amount of interest. At least two of them, maybe two of them, were single moms. Uh, you know, dealing with that. Uh, and I believe, uh, following the conclusion of that program, uh, that uh, as we speak today, is uh, so a number of weeks ago, uh, out of the uh, let's say eleven individuals, uh, probably ten of those have been uh, have been hired. Uh, by contractors to join their companies, uh, and so, and which is, a, which is a, an outstanding uh, success rate. Um, there's another program in Chicago called Chicago Cred, which targets uh, individuals who have been incarcerated and uh, in trying to provide them a path to employment. Uh, so again, there's a lot of good things going on. I mentioned those two. There, I'm reminded to mention those two to you because they're other other ingredients that could become connections mm-hmm. that uh, uh, that uh, that you you might want to make uh, to the benefit of uh, some of the folks you're already serving and providing them other pathways. Uh, but uh, that
2: sounds wonderful. Yeah, and the fact that women are doing so much in the industry. And we also have to say that we're seeing seniors going back to work. Now, so we see this large. Uh, population that is suffering from um, either they retire too soon or, you know, let's be realistic, the country's in a little bit of issues regarding, you know, our finances and our debt and the cost of living is just,
1: yeah,
2: it is what it is. But we have seen a large number of seniors wanting to take our classes, wanting to Possibly go back to work, and these are people that probably took that early out, fifty-two to fifty-five.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now they need to go back to work, so they're coming to some of the classes that we offer. We have an OSHA class next week with twelve people registered, and this we'll be doing this in person.
0: Good. So
2: they'll be coming here, and and we see that need. We see that need. You know where people need to be trained to do different different things. Mm-hmm. So
1: that's terrific. Um, I was looking at your at your core values. Um, and I want to I want to visit for a minute or two on 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 each of them. Your first core value is that you, you say that all homeless, low income, and disadvantaged individuals and families deserve to live with dignity. Uh, certainly, that 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 so rings in my mind. That's 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 about social justice. That's about inclusion. Um, uh, right. How, how do you how do you see that trending in a positive way, or do you? In terms of of, of the expectation that, that people should be treated with dignity?
2: Well, I I can say that it's half and half. I see some improvement in areas I would never think would be improved. I see um, I see people that have that are politically doing a lot in the in the state of Maryland and in the country beginning to humble themselves and get and understand what these people have gone through. So I see that happening, but I also see um, kind of like a hold on funding that could help us and help other nonprofits to do what we do. And so that's a kind of like an issue that I think all nonprofits are experiencing. It's not that all nonprofits just want you to give them money to just throw it away. But when you see what I see every day, Mother Comes Here, not an hour ago, She's living in a car with three children. She comes to get groceries and hygiene kits. But she, why would I never treat her with dignity? Because I could be in that same boat. So I think that that in one pocket, yes, I see a lot of people changing with that. But in the other side, the government has to know what they can do and private industry has to put up some funding to help these people to get them back on their feet. I'm not saying social programs should last forever. I don't believe in that at all. But I do feel that we have to look at how we can structure that program. How can we make it so the average Jane Doe or John Doe who gets in this problem and an issue can finally do something mm-hmm. for themselves? And the only way is to have a government and non-government partnership. And this is where the nonprofits play a huge role.
1: Yeah, 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 well said. Your second core value says that training and education help impoverished people achieve dignity and stability. It
2: says it right there. I mean, most people don't want to not have a job. Mm -hmm. They want to work. They want to have their own funding. They want their income. I think people just have to sit back and say, you know, dignity, what does that really mean for these individuals or myself? Because I have a job and have a house doesn't mean I'm Totally mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you have to kind of like put yourself in places of where you see what I see. And this is when you said, did, was this a place for me? And I said, yeah, because Dennis, I've been fortunate and blessed to work in some of the best nonprofits in the country. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot. I gained an, um, a lot, an enormous amount of knowledge, training. Um, education, and now I said to myself, I got to pay it back and pull somebody ahead, hopefully enough people that they can then go make a change. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything, you know, without a brother or a sister helping you. And in this this race that we play now, this is everyone from children, from high school kids to young adults to seniors. I have a senior program here. One of my case managers said, hey, we're getting so many seniors that are applying for SNAP benefits, which is a supplemental nutrition uh, program for everyone. It's called SNAP. And seniors are in such need of food. But seniors are the first ones to say, I'll come volunteer. What are you having? So every... Other Thursday, we have adopted senior homes around here. We take them food.
1: Are you seeing uh, again? It's I mean some of the things that are in the news. One of the one of the changes in this legislation that's being considered today in Congress uh, is change to the work requirements associated, I believe, with SNAP. What's their design, if there is one, for, for that? What, what's the thought process?
2: Well, I couldn't tell you what that thought process, <laughs> but I can tell you what most nonprofits thought process. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. We have jobs now some of these people could qualify right. for. If you have children and, you you know, young children, we get it. We get that. But at the end of the day, I got to be honest with you. It's not about that. It's about if I'm going to feed you, I need to feed you knowledge. Yeah. I need to feed you a job. Mm-hmm. I need to tell you how to get it and how to keep mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem if if the person is, you know, got small children, then you have issues of of you know um child care. Daycare mm-hmm. and the cost of it. And this is that's ridiculous with daycare providers. But then again, that's a job, it's a business. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But we have to all kind of come to the table and say, what's gonna be best for us as Americans? And I don't think we've sat back and said that. You know, I, I look at people that were raised in the early 1900s, and I, because my grandmother used to tell me stories. And remember one day she said, "You know, when the we had this really bad flu in 19 and 19." And I said, "Oh, Grandma, here yeah, I have to listen to this story." And she was talking about the new COVID, the old COVID, mm-hmm. and she said it killed half her family. Mm-hmm. Well. I lived to see COVID and I remembered her story. So she told me how a chicken, she said, well, the way we got well was we took the broth of the chicken and we, you know, she said, mama gave it to us every day and we all got better. But the beauty of that is that she remembered it. My grandmother lived to be 98. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she kind of like taught me a lesson and I, I'm indebted to my grandparents and my parents for the sacrifices they made. I just recently found a photo from 1845 of my mother's family. I was
1: just in awe. Wow. That's all I can say. Wow. That's incredible. Just to be able to look at something like that. Yeah.
2: yeah. And to see, you know, well, gosh, this is where I came from. And it's, it's an amazing thing, but, you know, it's 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 life. And, you know, this is a journey. It's been a journey for me for years. I, I've been extremely, extremely blessed to have the education, the, the teachers, the friends, the mentors. And it's my time to give back. That's why, you know, people say, why are you there, you know? I in the in one of the worst neighborhoods. Yeah, but they don't bother me. You know, they. How you doing this morning, Miss Dad? Mm-hmm. I'm doing fine. How are you? Mm-hmm. We're almost protected. Yeah. All hell can break loose on Central Avenue, but we're okay.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's a good that's a good feeling to have. Um It is. Yeah. um uh, I want to just talk uh, t- talk for a few minutes about about the. About to, the, the today's roles or the role of leaders in organizations, uh, we have public organizations, private organizations, profit organizations, for-profit, profit not profit variety of different kinds of organizations that, that comprise the, you know, the landscape of 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 uh, society. Um, what you know, if if you wanted to share with a, with an, with a group of leaders, uh, and and I would also say this uh, before the question. Um, That that you know again this you know my focus in this podcast series is around things like the love inclusion social justice as important aspects related to people. Uh, I contend that uh, that every business, whether it's for profit, non for profit, in construction, in insurance, in grocery, whatever it is, every business, every business enterprise, is a service business, and they serve people. Uh, So you know, with if if that thought makes sense. What, what do you say to leaders today about what's what are the most important uh, elements of their role in, in providing leadership to the enterprises they're involved with and to the communities they live in? What would you say to other leaders?
2: Well, I think you have to share, and I think you have to be open-minded. I think you have to realize that in our lifetime, did we ever think we would see a pandemic? So that changes the total equation. Um, you know, up until 2018, 2019, when this started coming about, you know, we had that other thing under the Obama administration uh, where they had the—I um, can't remember, uh, boli I think it was. That did change a lot. I just think that we have to look at this from a broader spectrum and understand that we're in a we're in a place where we have to put forth our best effort. And I just— Again, I'm fortunate. I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm extremely happy to be here.
1: I had the privilege of conducting what turned out to be a 90-minute live version of the Soft Tale podcast in front of a live studio audience at a major management union meeting in Las Vegas back in January. Mm-hmm. I prepped the group of individuals, all CEOs and executives of uh, construction service companies, as well as the general president of the union that was holding this meeting. And I gave them a heads up on a few questions that would be part of my conversation with them. And the first one was, how is love present in your life at work, at home and in your community? And I asked each of them to respond to that. And the responses were interesting. If you ever get a minute, you can go and find that, and I've got the recordings of it. But the answers were interesting. I think your thoughts about the role of leaders today makes good sense. I think that one of the, the challenges in general is a challenge to leadership is a recognition of the difference between leading organizations and providing a vision for people. Mm-hmm and i think that you know what you do most certainly it's i'm sure it's part of your conversation on a day-to-day basis with your staff and certainly you know a driving aspect of the mission and that is that i have to make sure that i am providing in my words and my actions a picture of someone who has a path that we can follow that will produce better outcomes for individuals and for communities and that's what leading is all about today what are your thoughts
2: You're absolutely right. And my vision that I put on the table should never be a vision of what Deb thinks. It should be a community vision because I serve a community. I serve people that come from all walks of life, even the people that work with me, who work for me, so to speak. This is a community and this is a partnership. I should not be the sole person of making every decision At the end of the day, because of my expertise, yes, if it's something I think that would totally be on the wrong road, I'm going to say something. But in general, you learn by error. So let these young people make mistakes. Let them see where they can be corrected and correct them gently. Tell them, hey, well, when Mr. So-and-so comes to the door, you know, let's offer him again that opportunity to get into treatment or that opportunity to get them housing or whatever, you don't have to be aggressive and nasty, but you have to show that you got there by certain means. And that means is you experience ups and downs. You experience very good positive and also negative, And that makes you a better person as well as a better leader. Listen to your staff. Understand what they're going through. Try to make that Day a little better for them as well as for you. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to go home with problems because you don't know what you're going to face the next day. You want to try to solve and help them. You want to mentor them because I believe in encouraging, I believe in educating, and I believe in execution. Encouraging them. Providing them that tool, that educational tool, doesn't have to be college. Mm-hmm. It could be training. And then executing that to say, hey, at one time, there are going to be people here. I'm going to say, you've outgrown us. Mm-hmm. I want you to go into that big world. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, this is what I feel is the road, the right road.
1: Very well. Very well said. So, Deb, you get the last word in our little conversation. We could probably talk spontaneously for a long time, but this has been a great conversation. I expect that people will listen to it and recognize that it's a different kind of conversation within the, the range of conversations we've had. I'll, in fact, I'm going to be interested to hear even my producer's reaction. But thanks so much for being my guest on the Softest to Steel podcast.
2: Thank you, Dennis. You're such a sweetie, you know. We haven't had lunch at our place in a long time. We're going to give a shout out to Cheesecake Factory. Woo-hoo.
1: <laughs> All right, Deb, uh, take care.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Softest Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at dennisdurandspeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Soft as Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran.
1: Produced by Audovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.